I'm Amanda. I'm Jesse. In this podcast, we talk about the joys of motherhood as well as the experiences that have altered us along the way. We've created a safe space to talk about the hard and unconventional alongside the beauty, and we want you to feel confident in the decisions that you make as a mother. Welcome to the Motherhood Collective Co. Let's talk. Okay, welcome back to the Motherhood Collective Co. I'm super excited. I'm not alone today. Um, I have Jessie's sister on with me. She is also Amanda. Yes. So we're both Amanda. I hope that doesn't get too confusing. For you. <laughs> it's really confusing. I feel like in Jessie's personal life. Yeah, I'm because sure. like you're her best friend, and I'm her sister, and like she'll be like and talking Amanda. about Amanda, and like everyone's so confused because they always think they're talking about me. <laughs> yeah. So I bet that it's probably the most confusing it. for her. Yeah. And all of her people that don't know both of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even if they did know both of us, Amanda yeah. and Amanda, you know, you yeah. can't really distinguish between the two of them. Um, before we get started on our postpartum, so it's Today we're talking about postpartum mood disorders. I posted a question box on Instagram yesterday. Um, today's Wednesday. I posted it on Tuesday and we got a lot of really great questions. Some of them are um, very similar. So when we answer one, we're going to be answering multiple. Um, but before we start, tell me a little bit like about you and and postpartum. Why did I ask you to be on this episode, I guess? <laughs> Why me? Why you? Um, yeah. So a little bit about me. I'm a NICU nurse. Um, I've been doing that for about six years. Um, and I am a mom of a son named Brave, who is three. And he, um, with him, I struggled really bad with postpartum depression. So I'm super passionate about this topic because nobody ever talked about it mm-hmm. when I was going through it. And I felt so alone. Didn't even recognize that's what it was until, yeah, like six months in. And I just feel like people need to talk about it more and there needs to be more education around it well and I think the only screening we have right now is when you take your child to the pediatrician yeah and you have that and I think that's so because for me at least most of those questions are revolving like how you're feeling about your child and like about motherhood in Mm -hmm. general and I I was like in heaven yeah with Noah yeah and I loved motherhood it was you know what I mean so it was a lot different and different people it did so for me it wasn't like triggering on yeah. that sheet and nobody caught it I don't think that I started getting help until I was almost 18 months yeah postpartum mm-hmm. and that's a long time yeah. to, oh, yeah. suffer to suffer with all of these things yeah. but so um we're gonna talk a little bit yeah a lot about postpartum depression postpartum anxiety mm-hmm. um I think the first question we have a, quite a few of these um these questions but how to distinguish between general overwhelm slash adjusting to postpartum anxiety slash postpartum depression Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about your experience. Yeah. There. So like I said, I feel like I recognized it at like six months where I was like, this isn't, I shouldn't still be feeling this way. But I didn't even, like you said, like I didn't even like seek help or really even start like trying to heal until it was like a year. Yeah. Um, But I would say like, yeah, that first two to three weeks, there's this massive hormone plummet. All of your hormones come crashing gr- to the ground from like this high that you're essentially on in high that you're on in pregnancy some people feel that way some people don't <laughs> but your hormones are all very high when yeah. you're pregnant I've read somewhere it's like taking a hundred birth control pills yeah in like a day yeah. and then afterwards you're literally so you menopausal crazy yes okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry so just, we enough. got to the same point I'm like <laughs> oh no um but yeah you feel like I mean so all of that stuff is so normal to feel like I'm really sad or I'm really overwhelmed or I'm anxious or whatever just because your hormones are all over the yeah. place and those are called the baby blues yes baby yeah. blues so everybody like gets that everybody gets yeah. that I mean I'm sure there's some people who don't but then on top of that like you're not sleeping as much you're nursing this little new human that you just met mm-hmm. around the clock so all of that is going to spark some emotions yes <laughs> <laughs> that's all normal I feel like when it it's when it becomes not normal is when it lasts longer mm-hmm and then when it starts to really like interrupt your life. Yeah. What you know? made you realize like this isn't normal? I guess let's oh let's gosh. answer that. I feel like the thoughts that I had very early on, I would share sometimes like later on I would share how I was feeling and the reactions I would get were was not like, "Oh yeah, I feel that way too." Yeah. It was almost like, "Whoa." Like oh, like you don't picture your child falling down the stairs and their head open and uh-huh. brains falling out oh, yeah it's like <laughs> that's, what that's not normal really because I literally have these thoughts all the time yeah. where like I don't know I remember one time saying and it's so heartbreaking when I say these things like three years later because I love being a mom 
and I love my son so much. But when he was like a month old, I remember saying like, I don't want to be his mom. Oh yeah. Like I don't, yeah. And I just remember saying that and then hearing myself say that. And I'm like, that's not right. Like something is not right with that statement. Yeah. And so I think the things that I was thinking and saying kind of were my like trigger that something Mm -hmm. was not right. And like, where is your capacity to feel joy too? Right. Because if you're, I I don't even want to say if you're truly in the depths of postpartum depression, but very commonly, if you are like Mm -hmm. in the depths of postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, your ability to feel joy is very limited. Yeah. Because if it's postpartum anxiety, you're having and this was me, like these scariest intrusive thoughts, like images in your head of horrible, horrible things. And I think there's a point that that's kind of normal. Like Mm -hmm. I think our brains protect ourselves. Like I'm standing over a hot stove and like an image of my baby touching the stove comes on. Like that's like a warning kind of, yeah. Like, you know, like primal it is, but the, (laughs) there are grotesque things that can be happening in your head. And also like intense separation anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't leave no until he's three years old. Mm -hmm. And if I was gone, like apart from him, it was like pure panic tears yeah heavy breathing I can kind of remember right now I'm having like a body reaction because yeah. I can remember how that felt to be separated from him yeah not normal yeah um and for me it was like I had night terrors mm-hmm. really bad night terrors uh, and if you listen, listen to my story it was more my birth triggered um, PTSD from sexual mm-hmm. abuse in my past so like I would wake up in the middle of the night for 18 months after I had Noah yeah. and see someone standing at the foot of my bed and Ugh. I couldn't, I didn't yeah. know I was, if I was sleeping or if I was awake and my husband would have to, to like wake up and, you know, ground mm-hmm. me to where mm-hmm. I was. Um, dissociation could be mm-hmm. happening. That was something that was happening with me a lot. That's a very, yeah. very scary thing where you don't feel like real, like yeah. your body isn't actually there yeah. and you're like in a simulation or something like uh-huh. everything looks fake. It's yes. a very bizarre. Yeah feeling so that Mm -hmm. if you're experiencing any of those things yeah not normal not normal um and then yes I think the biggest factor is if you're experiencing something that's bothering you longer than two to three weeks yes get help yes don't wait don't wait don't oh my gosh seriously don't I wish I could go back and just like tell myself that like you need help I know because it was a long time before I figured it out I know someone asked um intrusive thoughts help (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) just because we were just on that topic (laughs) it's like and I truly those were the things that I thought was totally normal I know well you hear moms talk about it yeah all the intrusive thoughts and like yeah you hear the word intrusive thoughts and you think I don't know that it's the kinds of intrusive thoughts you have with postpartum anxiety are not the same they're real and I think oh gosh I don't even know how to like say how to help it outside of one talk to someone like Mm -hmm. someone who can who's trained in that and who can like help you get to reality through it because I mean they're scary and I still like I'm three years out and I still have them sometimes Mm -hmm. about my son like I still have like when he's not in my direct sight Mm -hmm. my mind is always going of like and they're not as intense as they used to be but I still have like these random thoughts sometimes and I'll have to like my husband will be like Oh, because I'll he'll get just get a random text. I'll be at work. I'll be at a friend's <laughs> house. And I'm like, I just have to say, don't do this or yeah. watch out for this or yeah. whatever, because that's how I kind of like cope with it is like I need to say it and I need to verbalize it. And so I'll, I'll verbalize it to my friends or or to my husband, <laughs> my poor husband. And he'll be like, oh, my gosh. Wow. OK, your brain. But I think talk to someone is the number one thing. And it's going to be different for every person. For me, I'm a faith-based person, so I I always pray about those mm-hmm. thoughts. Like, if I have one of those, it immediately goes to prayer because it's not true. Yeah. And, I mean, even today I was driving to where I was going before, and I was having these just weird thoughts and anxious feelings about my son and just prayed about it, and then I was fine. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So just, like, letting it go Yeah. through prayer. But I also think voicing it mm-hmm. because it makes you like feel way less crazy when you voice it to a trusted person and even if they're like I've never had yeah. that thought before 
you putting it out in the light instead of it just being like stewing yes. in your head and then you're feeling guilty because you have those yeah. thoughts and then you think mm-hmm. oh my gosh what is wrong with what me? is wrong with me why am i picturing my child yes. in these ways this totally. is not okay yeah yeah you're not crazy but uh-huh. voice it so yes. that either one someone can tell you whoa there's yeah there's something going on here that's a little bit deeper or mm-hmm. they can say like hey yeah <laughs> those things are not realistic yeah. it's not gonna happen yeah um my sister-in-law's a therapist and this was like the first question i asked her yeah. which kind of triggered me to think something might not be right mm-hmm. um outside of my night terrors and i asked her i told her like a specific one that i had and it was like you know uh, uh, my son getting shot like <sighs> he doesn't have access to a gun yeah but like i could picture what that uh-huh. would look like uh-huh. and i it upset me so bad like i couldn't sleep the yeah. night before so i just asked her i said like i had this thought when <laughs> you know what do you, what do you think about this as a therapist and she yeah. first told me she's like i kind of think that some of the other things you're telling me i think maybe you should get help but she also said yeah a lot of this is your brain really trying to protect yeah your child she said thank your brain yeah for the thought yeah. for the for the protection and then also tell it that that's not helpful not right helpful. now yeah. and move on. Yeah. So I still do that. Like if I have yeah, that, I'm like, that's good. thank you. Not helpful in uh-huh. this moment. I'm going to move on now. And mm-hmm. I just pivot and I don't sit there and stew over it. Yeah. And so I if you're that. having just like typical intrusive thoughts, I would yeah. say that maybe. Yeah. No, I really like that. I yeah. really like that because it is true. It, it is a lot. We love this human being so much mm-hmm. and you've never experienced a love like this before. And you've also never experienced so much like out of control feelings about them. And I think that's what, what for me, it was like, holy moly, I love him so much. I've never loved another human being this much. And there's so much that can happen to him. And he's his own human being. And all yeah. of a sudden they go from being inside of you mm-hmm. where like you're vast. I mean, there's things that can happen inside, but you feel more in control mm-hmm. a little bit. And then they're out and there's people who are sick and there's people like there's cars that crash and there's all these things that happen that you just feel like there's not as much control yeah you know what I mean and so I think it's just like yeah like you said your brain recognizes whoa we love this so much how are we gonna keep this around like it could kill me if I lost it yeah type of love yeah absolutely absolutely um first signs of postpartum depression postpartum anxiety I think we kind of covered this I think intrusive thoughts are a big one um I think you're the inability to experience joy or to cope. Like yeah. if you are just not coping with all of the changes, because the changes that you have after mm-hmm. you have a baby are intense and it will continue to be that way. After you have your second, you're getting used to a whole new set of things. <laughs> like, yeah, you yes. know how to breastfeed, you know how to change diapers. Your body's used to the exhaustion. You got that, mm-hmm. but there's like now balancing two loves and there's like a lot going on still. So yeah. I think the inability to like cope and adapt yeah. is a big one. Yeah. Past a couple of weeks. Yes. Would you add anything else to that? Yeah. I think, I think I just, when I was going through it, I just became someone who I didn't recognize. Like mm-hmm. it just wasn't like I was kind of like a shell of myself. Okay. And I feel like that's kind of vague, but it's like I just remember feeling like maybe it's a dissociation thing. Like when you said that, I was like, oh, that kind of like resonates where it's mm-hmm. like you're living your life, you're going through the motions, but you're not fully like there. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like there was so much for me. It was like I said, a lot of the things that I was just like saying over and over that I was like, oh, I don't like that. I'm saying that or thinking that. But yeah, I wasn't myself just in general. And people could recognize that in my like close circle as well. That's good that you had people that could recognize. So if people are saying things to you or like, are you okay?" Or I feel like I'm hyper aware now of postpartum moms (laughs) because of how I felt. So now Mm -hmm. I'm around a postpartum mom and I'm like, how she like acting she yes. herself like I'm very like because I want to like identify that in people yeah. I love really quickly yeah but yeah I don't yeah. know if that's kind of a long answer but it is that's okay that, there's not I don't yeah. think there's a simple or short answer um let's talk about so someone asked we did we talked about postpartum anxiety someone asked alternative treatment other than meds it's always the answer is always going to be therapy yeah go to therapy and um I think there was a question in here about therapy and like how to find time or something um and I would say you can do online therapy yeah so easily and and maybe we'll touch on this a little bit later in the episode I am of a pretty firm belief that postpartum anxiety and post especially anxiety but also postpartum depression 
depression to an extent comes from trauma, like past trauma that you have mm-hmm. not healed. And I don't know what that was for you. And maybe it is just your career because you've seen oh, a lot of freaking s- scary things. Yeah. Yes. For me, it was the sexual abuse, but like that, your body keeps the score. There, there's yes. an actual book called Your Body Keeps the Score. You totally. should read it. Yeah, I know. I do um, too. You should. And we have, Jesse and I did an episode on this. Yeah. It's a PTSD and EMDR episode. So if you are the person that is interested in therapy, I would love for you to go listen to that episode because we really break yeah. it down. Um, but you know, we have a primal brain and you can look at like animals and how they function. And if an antelope is out in, you know, grazing in a field or whatever <laughs> antelopes graze in <laughs> Sahara, well, I don't know, <laughs> Savannah, not Sahara, Savannah. <laughs> but if, if an antelope's grazing and then, you know, it's completely unaware and it's attacked by a lion, mm-hmm. somehow it gets away. For now on, for yeah. its entire life, it's going to be hyper vigilant. Yes. Because if it hears a sound, it is going to run. Its primal brain takes over. It's not in control of its body. Yeah. It bolts and it's going to get to safety. We do the same mm-hmm. thing. If we have a trauma in our life, whether it was from something that happened directly to us or in your case, you seeing all of these yes. insanely traumatic yes. things, um, your body keeps the score of that mm-hmm. and it remembers I'm not safe or my baby's not going to yes. be safe. Somebody's not safe. And the second something triggers that, your body reacts. Yep. And it that's mm-hmm. what causes all of that. So totally. I would say EMDR um, is a type of therapy that you can you can totally do at home with an online certified therapist or you can go to I think it's psychologytoday.com to find an EMDR therapist but um, what they do is they help you it's eye movement reprocessing and they just basically help you take those traumatic memories and file them in the correct spot because when something traumatic happens to you um, your brain doesn't know what to do with it so when you're sleeping and you're going through your REM cycle it doesn't know where to put it so it puts it in the okay I need to watch out for this box right Mm -hmm. and EMDR kind of helps pull that out of that box and stick it into this thing really sucked Mm -hmm. but it's no longer happening to me box and it's a very it's like the most researched um, form of therapy they do it on all of our vets that come back Mm -hmm. from war um, and it's just really great and it helps you get through things really fast it's intense but within like two sessions I was no longer having Mm -hmm. um, night terrors and I I noticed a huge huge difference so Anything, yes. I, that's the only thing I would say to alternative. Also with postpartum rage, um, not like an alternative treatment, but nutrition. You really need to oh, focus so on important. nutrition. Yeah. Because if you are, you're breastfeeding, you're exhausted, mm-hmm. you're overstimulated. And to top it off, if you don't have anything in your body, yeah. you don't have the mineral stores, the nutrient stores to like show up every day, of course you're going to yeah. be angry totally. and cranky and you're going to snap at your kids more yeah. and you're going to be depressed. So making sure like for yeah. me running labs, I had insanely low like magnesium and yes. B vitamins. I was going to say magnesium is huge. Yeah. Like a magnesium deficiency is very closely related to these mood disorders. Yes. Get some magnesium. Yep. And they're all, there's a ton of different forms. This is where yeah. it gets tricky. There's a ton of different forms and to each person, they will affect you differently. For yeah. me, magnesium glycinate is the way to go. Yeah. I could take two of those if I'm having a bad day and notice a huge difference yeah. in my anxiety. Yeah. Um, but you do kind of have to play mm-hmm. around with it. And make sure it's like a high quality. Yeah. Like don't just like Google yeah. Amazon magnesium yeah. and just get whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You can work if you're really curious about magnesium or like supplements. I would say hire like a functional doctor. Yeah, go get some labs run. Totally, and get some help with it. I totally wish I would have done that because I neglected myself so much. It's so easy when you're a new mom to neglect. Oh <laughs> you're so focused. You are on your new baby. It's so hard to focus and I on ate yourself. Horribly, and I, I mean, I didn't gain like I gained the normal amount of weight. Pregnant, you know, twenty five pounds, thirty pounds, whatever. I gained like 40 pounds postpartum oh, wow, yeah. because I was so, I was using food as coping and I was eating horribly. I was not doing mineral. I was not doing supplements or minerals, nothing. Yeah. And I really do think that was a huge part of it. Yeah. So yeah, if you're looking for something outside of medication, cause I didn't go on medication. Should I have? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if it happens again, I probably will. Cause I suffered way too long, yeah. but I mean, yeah, nutrition, therapy, sleep when you can (laughs) yes just ask for help yeah I think as first-time moms it's so easy to be hyper independent Mm -hmm. um don't let yourself do that if someone offers like 
to do something Take that you're home. comfortable with, totally. like drop off meals yes. or whatever it is. If, if you're comfortable having someone come hold your baby while you nap or shower, do that. Like whatever you're mm-hmm. comfortable with, get help yes. from your family and friends. Totally. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I'm trying to get through the repeat questions, you guys. How do I prevent this? Or be in tune with my emotions. And there was another, a couple other questions like, how do I mm-hmm. like proactive, proactively yeah. fix this? And I think as a first time mom, it's hard mm-hmm. because you don't know if it's going to happen. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know what the triggers are. You right. don't know how it's going to present itself. Um, how would you answer? And then I'll go. Um, I would say like if someone could sit me down and say, this is going to happen or this might happen. Like I, this is what I'm so passionate about is like, these are the ways that helped me. And I think we've already listed a lot of them, but like, just be really honest. Like you, you don't need to fool anybody. (laughs) You don't need to put on a show of like, I mean, there's so much expectation, especially with your first baby. Like I remember thinking like, I've wanted to be a mom my entire life. Why don't I love this? Yeah. Like this is, this is supposed to be the fulfillment of everything I've ever wanted and I, I didn't like it. And I was like miserable in it. And instead of like just saying that to people, especially early on, I mean, I didn't start talking about it, like I said, till I was like six months postpartum. I tried to pretend and put on a brave face like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is great. <laughs> I'm not suffering. So I, I feel like just being really honest, like that's proactive because it's like, wait, this is lasting more than two or three weeks. I'm going to like talk to somebody about it, whether mm-hmm. that is your OB or your midwife, or they can get a referral out or whatever. We had another question is yeah. how do you know someone is trustworthy enough to tell? Yeah. I mean, I would hope that everyone would have that person in their life that they can feel. But if you don't, um, your provider, you yeah. would hope would be trustworthy. And just telling them like, I know this isn't normal and they're going to have the resources to be able to like, they probably can't deal with it. Cause like, OBs and midwives it's not really their cup of tea but they might be able to refer you out to somebody who could yeah but yeah I don't know I would hope that everyone would have that one person they could talk to but I know that not everyone does yeah you lived with your sister after you had brave right yes so how was that I wonder like did Jesse pick up on it or were you hiding it so well or like not not even hiding it maybe but just like so unaware yeah I mean it would be interesting to hear her perspective I don't know if I've ever asked her that but I feel like she could tell that I was struggling because my son on top of all of the mood and I think it also played into it but he was a call like colicky screaming crying newborn yeah like Jesse always talks about how because we lived in their basement and she would hear him through the vents yeah because he was just screaming and so unhappy all the time um so I think in that light it was pretty obvious like things are probably not going well um but, you know, to be completely honest, when I look back on that first year of his life, it's such a blur. I feel like I have <laughs> such a hard time recalling it because yeah. I'm like you look at pictures and you're like, I'm yeah. so glad I have a photo of this because I, I don't remember. And I look it. at pictures of him and I'm like, OK, you weren't crying there and you were here. You're fine here. But like in my mind, he never stopped crying yeah. for six months. That's that's like my, I guess, traumatic experience mm-hmm. of the whole thing. But um yeah, I don't know if she picked up on it. We would have to ask her at yeah, some point. Interesting. Um, but I just remember telling, I remember saying that phrase to my family. We were at a family dinner one time. He was like two months old. And I think we were talking about like what's hard in your life or something like that. And I remember saying the phrase like, I don't want to be his mom Oh, to gosh, my family. Yeah. So I'm sure all of them were like, whoa. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. Something is going on. Yeah. But yeah, I think going back to like, yeah, being pr- proactive, I really think it's like, just say it, whether it's to your husband or to your your provider or to your best friend or your sister. Say it to somebody. And you don't need to put on like a brave face yeah. if that's how you're feeling. No. And I think preventatively, um, because I had it the first time, second time, do not. Yeah. The totally <laughs> heads and tails experience yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and the things I did between, I did all the therapy. Mm-hmm. So if you know... Because I, it's so funny when like sexual abuse comes into play, I went my entire life from childhood into my mid twenties 
not understanding that that was somebody abusing me. Mm. I, in my head, it was something dirty that I did as a toddler. Um, and I felt shame and I thought about it probably like six or seven times a day for my entire life. Every single day I was curl. It was the weekend we decided to get pregnant with my son or, Uh and, um, it was our anniversary weekend, our first anniversary. I was curling my hair and I've told this story a hundred times. I was curling my hair in our bathroom. We were living in my mother-in-law's basement. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, had this thought in my head oh wow that was me being molested <laughs> like that wasn't my fault because it's one of those times where I was thinking about it because yeah. like I said for my whole life multiple times a day I would think about it and yeah. feel so much shame and mm. disgust and hurt um and I had the thought oh my gosh that was actual right. abuse and I was terrified after that because I'm like oh mm-hmm. what does that mean and I told my husband about it he's the first human being on this planet to know about yeah. my abuse and my past outside of me and my abuser and I felt like this huge weight off my shoulder after yeah. I told him we cried we talked he held me like and I thought oh I'm okay now mm. <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah I told somebody I cried yeah <laughs> and then I got pregnant that weekend yeah. and then I had this baby in my body Mm. and my trigger um is my pelvic floor so like anything touching my pelvic floor I can't do like internal examinations anything like that so to have a baby growing on my pelvic floor it's like a constant it was a constant trigger and I was building and building and building like to the point where I was getting I got pyelonephritis because my pelvic floor was such a solid rock I couldn't pee Yeah, which put me into like almost a high risk category. I had to go through all the hoops for that. And then I couldn't birth my baby naturally because I couldn't open Mm. to birth him. Um, Didn't know all that in my head. This was just all, you know, in my head. They were individual sequences like happening. But um, (laughs) I would say if you know you have trauma Mm -hmm. in your past – do the therapy beforehand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you have anger problems right now, do the therapy Seriously, beforehand. If you have depression advice. issues, mm-hmm. if you have anything, which we all do, yeah. I would just say go to therapy beforehand, yeah. 100%. And then also, like, talk to your partner. There was also a question in here about, like, should I warn my husband about mm-hmm. this? I'm so nervous. So let's just kind of hit two um, birds with one stone here. Talk to your partner about it. Tell him the things to look out for. Say, yeah. It's going to be normal for me to just cry at the drop of a hat for like three weeks. <laughs> yes. If we're at like a month, a month and a half, uh-huh. and I'm still, you're still noticing I'm not coping very well. Yeah. And whatever that is for you, if I'm crying a lot or if I'm getting angry, if I'm, you know, I can't be separated like in a separate room from my baby, like I need you to get me help. Right. So I think having those conversations with with your person, it, maybe yeah. you're not married or maybe your husband's not your person, it's your mom or your yeah. best friend tell somebody hey i need you to look ahead of time yeah because you really don't get it no in your own body you don't you don't and you make excuses for it too like i remember just constantly being like oh this is fine like i would like be like this isn't normal and they're like no i'm fine i'm fine because i never dealt with any depression or anxiety Mm -hmm. or anything until i got pregnant or i guess i was it was a fine pregnancy i wasn't depressed but until i had him like never once had and i didn't acknowledge until probably about a year after he was born that my job yeah. was trauma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell you, when that when that came on board, I was like, this makes so much sense. Because I was like, no, I'm a healthcare worker. It's fine. Like, this is happening to other people. Mm-hmm. And it's like a weird, it's a whole thing. I went down a whole rabbit hole and I don't need to go down it. But it's like secondary. Trauma is a real thing yeah. for like first responders and healthcare workers. Like, it might not be happening to us. But we're witnessing it. Yeah. And over you're also like over. just being shown that this is a possibility. Yes. Regardless of how small the possibility mm-hmm. is. We even have that in our practice with like people that come in and they're injured from XYZ. Yeah. Um, just normal things that you would be doing. A lot of yep. like vaccine injuries. Yes. Things like that stick with you. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, wow. It could I, happen. You know, like there's a chance yep. that you could get injured doing whatever yes. it is. But then when you see it happen, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, that's a reality. And it just kind of brings your mortality oh, yeah. to the front. It alters your brain chemistry yeah. truly because it really does start to like you. And that's something that I still deal with. And it's, I always say like it has affected me deeply as a mother yeah. to be in healthcare and oh, to work sure. at a pediatric hospital. I'm so sure. it wasn't until a year into it that I acknowledged first of all, okay, wow, I have postpartum depression. Second of all, my job is traumatic and yeah. I've experienced a lot of trauma. And once I finally was like able to identify with those things and you know, then you can, the healing starts, right? 
then you've got the therapy, then you can read the books. But yeah, if you could find somebody who you could tell ahead of time, game changer. Yes. I mean, my husband, bless his heart, like he said this really recently. He was like, I feel so bad because I feel like I like contributed a little bit to that season of your life. I wasn't there for you in the way that I needed to be. And I was like, it was like, it kind of like took my breath away when he said it because I was like, I didn't ever like think about that with him. Like I didn't blame him. I didn't really think he played a huge part in it. But when he said it, it was like, oh, maybe there was a part of that that. A little validating. Yeah. 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 Like, thank you. Yeah, exactly. And so this time around, like he knows, (laughs) he knows what to look for. He knows like that we're going to be a team in this next time. And it's so, it's so hard because when you go into having a new baby, it's so exciting. Yeah. You and your husband are excited. You're picking out the things. You're yeah. having all the conversation. Well, not a lot of times you're not having important conversations. You're picking <laughs> out the name and you're talking about like, what if it's a boy or a girl? Yeah. Um, but what you don't understand is your relationship is about to go through fire yeah. hard. I don't care if you have the easiest baby in the world. You are about to be put through fire yeah. because your relationship's going to change. Your relationship dynamics are going to change. You're going to have to go through the roommate phase. You're going to have to yeah. go through you know, a health, it's, it's not a health crisis, but it is like mm-hmm. hard to watch your wife birth a baby, yes. regardless of <laughs> if it's like a home birth and peaceful mm-hmm. or it ends in cesarean. There is still a trauma that comes oh, yeah. along with that. Yeah. It's, it's pain. It's endurance. They've it's, never seen you like that before. Exactly. Yeah. So having some seriously vulnerable conversations before totally. you have your baby, I think is also a way to prevent this. Oh, Totally open up, tell your husband like your biggest fears, Mm -hmm. tell your husband like what you don't want to happen Mm -hmm. to you postpartum. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be stuck in the house because then he's going to know when you're stuck in the house all the time and you don't want to leave. Like this isn't what she wanted. This isn't normal. Right. We need to pivot. Totally. Do something. So be open, be vulnerable. It might be uncomfortable, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah. I would also say something I did between my first and my second, um, I was like, I was an athletic person growing up. Like mm-hmm. I would say people would laugh at me. I was a competitive cheerleader like my whole life, which yeah. is an athletic thing, I think. Yeah, but I wasn't very... like a basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> I mean, um, cheerleading's athletic. I think so. I think so. But like I was always in a sport. I was like yeah. cheer captain, always in a mm-hmm. sport. Um, and then when I got into college and I was too old to be on the teams, like I kind of stopped doing that and I was all academic. You know, I got my doctorate degree and it wasn't really working out. I worked out like a little bit with Brady before um, we got married and like a little bit after our marriage. But once I got pregnant, I kind of stopped because we were opening a practice and I was tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really tired. Um, And then once Noah turned around a year, I really got into weight training and like not working out to be skinny, to Mm -hmm. look a certain way. It was literally just to get strong. Yeah. And it was, it was actually because I couldn't close the trunk of my forerunner after I had him. I'm like, this is bad. <laughs> so that was my goal. Close the trunk close of my forerunner. Yeah. I got there pretty quickly. But I, and now as um, postpartum round two, like I couldn't wait to get back. And it wasn't like working out. I was just like, I can't wait to go on a walk. Yep. I can't wait to move my body. Yes. I cannot wait to do this. And I had a cesarean, so it took a little longer than I mm-hmm. had planned on. But I got back in the gym really quickly. And mm-hmm. I notice on days where, like, I'm too tired because I was up with Lily or whatever, and I'm not going to the gym. Like, I, those are harder days for me yep. mentally. And Lily's five months old now. I still have hard mm-hmm. days. Like, so there's still times, like, especially with the sleep regression that she's yep. feeding a lot in the night. I wake up. Or, you know, she doesn't want to be apart from me in the day. And I'm like, I have a hard time coping if I'm not in the gym. So like find the way your body likes to move. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be strength training. That's like a huge part of my story too, because like, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't work out much at all when I was pregnant with him. And then for the whole year postpartum never worked out. And I just treated my body horribly and I hit a year and we ordered a Peloton and I still remember, like, it sounds so cheesy, and I know people are like, Peloton, it's not that much of a workout. But I, that bike was therapy yeah. for me. Like, I would get on there, and I would cry during these rides because they have, like, you know, they're talking to you, the instructors. A lot of them are pretty, like, there's, like, mental health rides, all stuff. I would be, like, bawling <laughs> doing yeah. these rides. 
but they were healing. Yeah. And 100%. moving my body and getting those endorphins, like that's like natural medicine. It is. Like the endorphins and the oxytocin and everything that's like released during that, it really does help. Yeah. And like, please don't go work out because you want to bounce no. back. Like literally just go move. Do it for like the mental health yes. part of it. And, and then like you will how you're feeling. So don't do it because you need to bounce back and you need to look skinny or whatever. And that wasn't my, even my goal. I was trying to be a healthier person because mm-hmm. I had treated my body so horribly yeah. for a year. But man, that made a huge difference. And that was the turning point. For do you me. know what's interesting is, um, so through all my EMDR, have you ever done EMDR therapy? No. You should. I know. I think I should, <laughs> especially after this conversation. I'm like, yeah. But a big part of EMDR therapy. So just to pre like to kind of cover what I want to talk about EMDR therapy, they you're going to go through and like relive your trauma and you're going to follow their finger and your eyes are literally going to go through a REM cycle. Um, the other way you can do EMDR therapy is like through a tapping, like, and your mm. therapist can help you. But a, a lot of it is like, just like crossing your arms and tapping each side of your elbow. And it's like this, um, you're lighting up both sides of your brain at different times. Right. Yeah. And my therapist said, if you don't want to tap, go outside and think about your trauma while you're walking because you're oh, moving. Yeah. Too. So when you're talking about mm-hmm. how you were processing while you were, you were riding the Peloton, like you're literally moving one limb one limb yeah. you know what I mean like so you're activating both sides of your body that makes total sense in yeah. my head why that would be so healing for you yeah. so like I said go on a walk <laughs> yeah. move yeah. get off move the couch your body that was like I would say so to recap therapy having vulnerable conversations with your husband hmm. have somebody in your life that's looking out for the signs yep and find a way even while you're pregnant or before you get pregnant find a way that you like to move your body mm-hmm. so that way you know, you can be doing yes. that and processing and then process your birth story. Cause like I said, mm-hmm. I don't care if you had a peaceful birth at home or if you yeah. ended in an emergency cesarean, yeah. there is an aspect of trauma that comes with all birth. Totally. All birth is a hard. Yes. And if you push it off, like mm-hmm. I did for so long, <laughs> for so long, um, it's, it's going to come back to bite you in the butt even harder later. So after Lily, because you, you've heard my birth story, if you, if you listen to our podcast, I, um, tried again for a VBAC. I ended in an, a true emergency cesarean this time versus Noah was elective. And, um, they made a T incision in my uterus so I can never have a yeah. vaginal birth again. And that was really traumatic. Yes. But what I did after, uh, my birth was every time I was in the shower, I made myself go through my birth story in my mm-hmm. head and feel all the feelings. I would cry. I would tap. I would like, you know, do my elbow tapping like I learned in therapy. And I would like, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I like, I just kind of want to enjoy my shower right now. <laughs> like, I know. I just kind of want to break from yeah. the emotions. But like I forced it because I knew if I did not process this now, I was going to pay for it. Yeah. Six months, a year, yeah. 18 months down the road. So yeah. process it. Process. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. Talk about the hard things. All right. And also just don't like, because this person, you said, is this something I should prepare my husband for? I'm worried. <laughs> don't stress so hard about it. Yeah. Just have the conversation with him lightly. Like, hey, I want you to look out for these things. This is what I want postpartum to look like. These are the things I don't want to happen. If you see them happening, please yeah. get me help. Yeah. It's definitely not something you have to be like, this is going to happen. Or, like, yeah. Because then you're going to create your own problems. Yeah. And there's yeah. so many women that don't it have It doesn't happen to a lot of no. people. It, yeah. For, yeah. 100%. How do you balance caring for yourself and your baby? I feel like I have no time for therapy. Oh, that was the question I was thinking of oh, where yeah. I said online therapy. Yes. 20 minutes during nap time, after yep. bedtime. Have someone watch your baby like your husband walk yeah. around. Do it. Um, but how do you balance caring for yourself and your baby postpartum? It's really hard. <laughs> there's no balance postpartum. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. I think that word is like a double-edged sword balance. there is no balance and on honestly in all of mother no <laughs> I literally just walked out of the house today and said to my husband I didn't balance well this this yeah. week because I am a working mom so I work you know three days a week and then you know it's hard because I'm like I have my friends and I have my family and I have all these things and I feel so like weighed down sometimes by trying to balance it all and I had this like mom guilt as I was yeah. leaving tonight because I was like, oh, I'm like away all night and I'm, I was away last night for something and now I'm working tomorrow. And, and it was just like that, that exact word, 
balance. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't exist. It doesn't. <laughs> it's a fabrication. You cannot do it all. <laughs> you and can't. you won't do. And you know what? At one week, you're probably going to be really good in one area and maybe not yeah. as good in the other area. And the next week, you're better in that. Like, yeah, you just have to look at it as like a whole picture, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. to caring for your baby and you postpartum, I mean, I do really think that women neglect themselves. They do. Because we are so selfless by nature. It's like this baby is all that matters. But the thing is, is like you're still a person. <laughs> you're, you still matter a lot. Yeah. And your experience of the whole thing matters. And I think that's getting a little bit more talked about now with like birth. Because I think for a long time it was always like, oh, as long as it's a healthy baby, it's fine. I, and now like things are turning a little bit yeah. towards like, no, like it actually matters a lot about how the mother's mm-hmm. experience and their trauma and everything else. But I just think like, I don't know, take take your shower, take your 15 minute shower, put the baby, like give them to your husband with the scream the whole time. It's okay. Yeah. Put, put some music on. <laughs> yeah. so you can't hear them. Yeah. Like have your husband go outside. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they scream the whole time. It's fine. Like you need your time. Like you take your shower, do your skincare routine, like little moments. Like you can take like a 10 minute moment to yourself several times throughout the day. And everyone in your life is going to survive. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to be like a martyr to motherhood. And I feel like that happens so much with people where it's like, oh, it's all, all that matters is the kids. And it's like, no, no, that's not what matters. And your relationship with your child will suffer as it will, as you get older and they get older. If you don't, they you're not notice that. Yeah. Yeah. And if I, you're not enjoying yourself in motherhood. Yeah. Your well, kids no. are going to know. Yeah. She doesn't like being my mom. Yeah. And you know what? My mom is so wonderful. And one of the things that I honestly always admired about her truly her whole life was that we were not her life. Like she was such a good mom and she raised five kids with a husband who was a pilot who was gone for like mm-hmm. weeks at a time. I don't know how she did it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I tell her now all the time. I'm like, mom, I don't know how you did this because I can barely do it with one. <laughs> but like she had friends and she would go out on girls nights like she would have her friends over like her and my dad would go on date nights and they leave us with a, ba- with a babysitter. And it's like that to me was cool when I was a younger Yeah kid because I was like does do kids really want to be your whole life not really no, they don't need that responsibility no they don't I mean yeah. when they're little it's different but yeah. as they get older yeah like they're, they're gonna notice if you're yeah. dependent on them when exactly. they try to go out and have their own life yeah I saw something there's like a vi- I don't know if it's viral but it's a, a theme on Instagram right now it's like you can either be a productive two present three like fun I don't know what it was it was like there's she picked like three areas and like pick one today Mm -hmm. and I think that applies to a lot of situations you can be a good friend Mm -hmm. a good mom a good I don't know fill in the blank just pick one Mm -hmm. because you can't be all three you cannot (laughs) that's not gonna happen and when you try you end up feeling like a failure in all of you do and that's how I was feeling tonight when I left my house don't do that I felt like oh my gosh I just like I suck at all of this yeah (laughs) it's like no that's not true so yeah, balance doesn't exist, but you can definitely take care of yourself and it's just yeah. going to look different. You're not going to have unlimited, especially when you go from zero to one, like you're used to having all the time in the world. Like I truly, do you ever think back to like what you did with your days before Noah? Cause literally <laughs> oh, sometimes I, I, I literally make, what did I do? Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking that remember. now, like when I just had one, I'm like, what was I doing when yeah. there was just one? Independent. <laughs> I think about that all the time right now as I'm cooking number two and I'm like, you know, he still takes a nap for two hours and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to like soak this up because I know it's ending. Yeah. But yeah, I don't remember what I did with my days, but I just had unlimited time. Yeah. So like (laughs) you're going to have a big wake up call from zero to one where all of a sudden you don't have unlimited time. You know what's funny is I made a reel and it was like the the hardest transition was zero to one. Some people got mad at me. (laughs) Like, oh, really? I had such bad time from one to two. I'm like, well, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, everyone's going to have their opinions <laughs> about everything. But I think you're at zero to one. I haven't had one to two yet, but I really do think zero mm. to one because you are like, your whole world is blown up. It is. And you have to get used to things you didn't have to get used yeah. to with number two. Or you yeah. don't. You don't know how babies operate. <laughs> yeah. But give so, them to your husband. Let them yes. cry. And you do your thing. Have your non-negotiables. Yes. I love how you said skincare routine because yes. that was my first thing oh. that I absorbed into my life skincare. that was yeah. like mm-hmm. my time. Brady, go do whatever the heck you want to do. Don't talk to me. Yeah. I'm going to put my headphones in. Uh-huh. I'm going to listen to my podcast, my audiobook, mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm going to spend 20 minutes right in front of this mirror, even if I'm like plucking every eyebrow out of my face. 
it's so therapeutic. I love plucking. <laughs> I, I do the same thing. And I'm going to just yeah have my me time. And I think that that's becoming a little bit more important after I had two because yeah. now I have zero breaks. It's like not only do I have Noah who is four and a half and wants to show me everything, mm-hmm. you know, he's so excited about it. everything's new and it's so fun, but then I'm doing it while I'm breastfeeding and I'm overstimulating. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I get to the end of the day and I said this the other day, cause I don't feel like, I do feel like I felt like this after Noah, but I was talking to Brady. I'm like, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just scrolling on my phone. He goes, why? Cause mm-hmm. it's like not something I usually do. I'm yeah. like, I need like an hour. Mindless. Yeah, yeah, where my brain is turned off and yeah. I'm not worried about what you're thinking about what I'm doing or my, because I don't <laughs> let my kids see me on my phone. So it's like, yeah. unless I'm taking pictures of them, like I just want to be myself yeah. for this time. Mm-hmm. And you can totally take that. Yeah, take it. Take it. Yeah. And and I think in early motherhood, the area that kind of gets <laughs> neglected a lot, if it's not you, it's going to be your marriage. Yeah. So just be talking. Yeah. Let, let your husband know like what's going on. Like I'm so, I, yeah. I acknowledge that this is neglected right now. It yeah. won't last forever. Yeah. Um, I'm really sorry. I do love you, but I need this time to just go be Amanda right now yeah. and not totally. mom. And it won't last forever. It won't. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the thing that I feel like going from one to two, at least you have that perspective. You do. It is a huge yeah. game changer. The baby blues mm-hmm. with Lily. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Like, crying you know because ends. there's a sappy commercial on or like, yeah. because like, I'm processing my birth like, I got this. You know that it ends. And like having little kids, I was just talking about this with friends like earlier tonight, when having little kids is such a small window of your life. Yes. Like truly in the grand scheme of things, it's so small. Mm -hmm. So having that perspective of like, right now I'm not really sleeping 10 hours through the night. Yeah. I don't have 30 minutes to do my skincare routine, but someday... Yeah, I'm gonna have it's not my time right now. Hours to do this, yeah. you know. Yeah, and then I'm gonna miss when I have these little I kids know. needing me all the time. I know. I love it. Yeah. I love that. I don't know what question we were answering. I don't either. On that, but I hope we answered <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Tangent a little bit. How? Um, let's see. How can I talk? No, let's do this one. Chemically, what is happening in your brain postpartum, and how does that translate to mood? I hope that makes sense. <clears throat> so we talked a little bit about like while you're pregnant, you have. 100 birth controls worth of estrogen and progesterone and prolactin in your body and then you have a baby and you're literally menopausal you're a 65 year old woman (laughs) (laughs) it's it's and and that's within like 48 hours yeah okay so chemically that's what's happening then let's add on that you are freaking exhausted. You're physically exhausted because you yes. just ran a marathon mm-hmm. of birth. I don't care if you planned a C-section. It, it, more so if you had a C-section because now you're recovering from a major, major surgery. abdominal surgery that the medical community, community doesn't view as a major <laughs> abdominal surgery. Yeah. Um, and then you're sleep deprived mm-hmm. because newborns have to wake up to eat because their blood sugars don't regulate like yeah. ours do. So they should be waking up to eat. And, um, you know, your, your body doesn't look the same as it did yesterday or six months ago or yep. five years ago. <laughs> this is a whole new whole body. New body. It also doesn't look the same as it will in a month or two yeah. months or six months or a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So don't freak out too bad. <laughs> um, your boobs are leaking. It's hurting and you're getting used to breastfeeding and being overstimulated. That's a lot on anybody yeah. <laughs> that is yes that's all at lot. once all literally at one all time, time. though yeah. that those first couple of weeks it's like you're an alien in yeah. your own world and totally. your own body it yeah. is insane so of course you're going to be irritable yep of course you're going to be sad mm-hmm. of course you're going to cry a lot and you're going to wonder if this is normal and what's mm-hmm. wrong with you um give yourself some grace yeah yeah All of that. I don't have anything to add. That (laughs) was literally exactly how I feel. (laughs) Let's talk about, because we're coming to the end of our time here, and I think we've answered most of these, even if it wasn't the exact question. How to help a friend who has postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. Mm. Since we've both had it, let's each go through like what we think would have been helpful during that time. Yeah. Well, I had the complicating factor with my son also of being in the midst of COVID Mm, because he was born in October of 2020. (laughs) So literally like the height of all of it. So I think looking back, I had such a lack of community. Um, And I was telling my sister, like, you know, she 
we set up a meal train for her and I'm like oh my gosh you have like so many people bringing you meals like that's so amazing and I was like I didn't have one single person bring me a meal when I had brave Mm -hmm. not one and I feel like it's just like just showing up and if that looks like bringing a meal or if that looks like whatever but like asking them what can I do to be helpful and like they might not know and if they don't know and they say oh I'm good I'm good then that's when you like drop something out their doorstep or you say okay well I'll be here at this time or whatever you have to be a little bit more pushy if sometimes people don't really know what they need but I mean if just like one person would have just like brought me a meal (laughs) I mean that's just like so simple but I mean you can just show up for somebody be there for them offer a listening ear yeah um and if you know like one of your really good friends is going through that and you can recognize it then I think you can get even more intentional with like yeah do you want me to reach out for help for you or you know things like that but I don't know I just felt like maybe just being in community in general would have changed my outcome so much 100% that's I think why this whole thing started yeah because I didn't have a community and I met your sister because of something we shared a trauma we shared and I thought wow, this is changing things. Let's, let's do something with it. I think that when your friend is one postpartum in general, but to like throw in that they have depression or anxiety, they have so much mental load that when you'd send them a text message that just says, how can I help? Yeah. They might not know. That might make it worse. Yeah. (laughs) I guess like, yeah, I don't know. I don't you know, know what I mean? Like, yeah. They, they literally can't think about it. So, um, anytime I, and this is like, it's so sad because like before I had a baby and went through all of this, I wasn't the friend that was good to postpartum moms. I was like, oh, I want to see your either. baby. I you know. know what I mean? Like it was all about the baby. Now that I get it, I, I'm like revolted at the way I acted sometimes. <laughs> but I know. So I'm sorry if you were a friend that had a baby before me, I'm doing my best now. But now if I know somebody's postpartum, I don't even care if like I don't know them that well. Yeah. I'm texting them and saying, hey, when don't you have a meal this week? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm going to fill in the gap. Yeah. Hey, can I come over and walk your dog? Hey, can I come help decorate yeah. your house for Christmas? Hey, can I come X, Y, Z? I'm going to supply an answer yeah. for them. And if they're comfortable with it, they'll say yes. And then I'm going to show up and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Um, and then like, know if it's your good friend, know their love language. Is their yeah. love language gifts? Is you dropping off a gift for their, for them once yeah. a week going to do it? Is it like words of affirmation? Can you like send them texts every yeah. few, few days to say like, you're I love you. You're job. doing so great. Yeah. Like it's hard. Yeah. I know what you're going through. Um, Cause I think like providing that ability to relate to someone mm-hmm. like, especially first time moms. I remember texting a friend who ended in C-section and you know, she's going through it the first time. I'm like, Hey, I just want you to know like this, that shelf it goes away, you know, <laughs> yeah. like your, your boobs are going to yeah. hurt. Like the, all of these things you're experiencing, like we all experience it. We just don't talk about it very yeah. much. So kind of like normalizing yeah. maybe the hard things. Totally. Um, maybe just directly asking them like, Hey, are you in therapy? Have you seen a therapist? Have yeah. you talked to your doctor about the way you're feeling? um have mm-hmm. you considered medication yeah you know and coming from a place of like understanding I think too it's like not that I'm like sitting here analyzing how you're acting but it's like hey I recognize that because yeah. I felt that way yeah and I think it sounds a lot more gentle when it comes like that you it know? does it does but care for your mama friends yeah <laughs> or like Show ask them up. to go on a walk yeah because again their brain is probably not processing yeah. things. If you could get them moving and then ask them questions, totally. could be a game changer. But I think the biggest thing is just give people yeah. food. Food. Feed them. <laughs> I know. Feed that's them. so true. Feed them. And we, yeah. we as like a mom, if you're preparing to give birth, like set up your own meal train. If yeah. you don't think you'll have that. Like I set one up with my church, fed me for two weeks. I set one up with my subdivision. Someone asked me, like yeah. we had just moved into the subdivision two weeks before I gave birth to Lily. And someone asked me in the subdivision, like, hey, is there anything we can help you with? Because, like, these people, they've kind of offered to see if you want anything to help with. I'm like, actually, I need meals on these days. Could you do that? Like, I just, no, I would have never. Oh, yeah. I would have never. I would have been so ashamed to do that. But I did it. And it was great. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm the same way. Like, this time around, like, I'm going to be very vocal about my needs. Yes. (laughs) Because the first time, like you said, you want to do it all by yourself and you want, but, like, yeah set it up on your own if that's what it takes or like if people offer then say yes people say I want to bring you a meal don't be like it's okay 
No, like, don't do that. Just yes. say yes. Yes. <laughs> that would be wonderful. This that is the day that works. This is the food that we like. Yeah. I don't even ask. I just, I'm just going to show up at your doorstep. Yeah. I'm going to give you food. Yeah. You can put it in the freezer if you want. No, I don't I care if you that. eat it. I just want to give you something because yeah. that it's, it's so, so hard. Like I said, I feel like I would have like literally just started crying on the spot if someone would have done that one I time. Know. And I know it was a weird time in life. COVID was weird. People were scared. I know. But it would have made a huge difference. I know. And I just feel like even then, because I had Noah July of 2019. So not like too mm-hmm. far. It was like a year before you. But I feel like even then the motherhood community was yeah. so different. Instagram was not a place yeah. of education True. and like telling truth. Instagram was a pretty place to post yes. your pictures. Yeah. And I think it's it's changed a ton that mm-hmm. we're kind of all talking about like, hey, this is actually hard on all of us. Yeah. And I think that support is a lot easier to give now because we're all relating to each other a little bit which is really beautiful yeah it could yeah. have happened a lot sooner <laughs> for real <laughs> but, yeah. but, it didn't. but yes and then um I, I don't know what else i would say to that person that asked how do you help your friend yeah. no i think food and show up and if they have an older kid yeah and and that person trusts you yeah offer to take their yes. older kid because yeah. like one of the hardest things i experienced in my postpartum this time around was mourning mm. the time I had with Noah and feeling like I'm not a mom guilt person. I never really was yeah. when I had Noah. Like I never really, I mean, you feel guilty a little bit, but it's nothing yeah. I ever harped on. Um, I had a ton, a ton because now Noah was like my life for four years, my whole life. I ate, breathed, slept my son. And then I had Lily mm-hmm. and like my baby needed me. Like she physically needed me right. to exist. Yeah. And I didn't have time for Noah in those first few weeks. <sighs> yeah, that's hard. It hurt so oh, bad. I can feel it already. And he recognized it. He he yeah. was never angry with his sister. Yeah. He was angry with me. Yeah. And, you know, he would say things like, you know, oh, you're not cuddling with me. You're not holding me. Yeah. Why aren't we going to the zoo today? Why oh, aren't we? And hard. like I would just sob. So like some of the most meaningful things were like my mother-in-law coming to take Noah out on a date to go do something fun, do yeah. something fun with the older kid. Mm-hmm. If the, if you have relationship there, because they're going through something hard and oh, you no. will do nothing but make that mama feel so <laughs> much yeah, better and so, so much less stressed if yeah. they're, if they're big is feeling love. Yeah. That is so true. That's such a good tip. I'm okay. like tearing up thinking. I know. <laughs> I know. It was so hard. I'm still kind of like it goes away. Hormones. Just I'm so like, you know, <gasps> the first couple of weeks after you have your second, I'm sure it's the same with your third and fourth, whatever, but it's so freaking hard, but it normalizes out. I would say once I hit a month and like I was able to get up from, you know, I had a cesarean, so I like yeah. walking was hard for the first couple of weeks. Once I was able to get up, yeah. wear Lily and then I could do spend, more things. Yes. Yeah. And then all, and then you guys all get into a new normal and it's totally fine. Yeah. We're totally fine. <laughs> better now really hard the first and that's not talked about enough no someone i was just with tonight she just had a baby a couple weeks ago and she said everyone always asks like how do you think she's gonna do with the new baby but no one ever asks like how do you think you're gonna do yeah not having just her anymore yeah and i was like wow and she's like that yeah that's been the hardest part it it was for me too it was and i think jesse has said similar things too like that's a big especially when there's like a bigger age gap yeah like three years four years mm-hmm. like like you said that's three years of like yeah. undivided like that yeah. is the whole your whole world yeah which is so lucky that they get that <laughs> so, lucky. so lucky that they'll they be get such that. like well adjusted yeah. and then your baby added. like gets to be the baby yeah you know what i mean i, I love that they're yeah. not fighting for who's the baby but freaking hard. hard it does end if you're going through that right now <laughs> i promise <laughs> yeah i'm at five months and it all feels really good yeah so that's just good have that perspective to know <laughs> filing that away yes please do <laughs> and i'm like sitting here like tears are forming in my eyes as they're talking <laughs> all right you guys <laughs> on that note we are about at an hour and we've answered the majority of the questions all of the questions we have time for like i said a lot of them were um very similar and i think we covered the major topics yeah. so thanks for coming on yeah it was great i'll do it anytime <laughs> All right, you guys, we will, maybe I'll see, no, we will see you next week. I'm going to record a hus- an episode with my husband and I've got um, Kate coming on next weekend. Um, we're going to record postpartum nutrition episodes. So you don't want to miss that. 
And then I've got Jetta. She's coming on to talk about entering the corporate world after mm. you had a baby after maternity leave, which I'm super excited about because neither Jesse or I can give you that perspective. So it's going to be fun to have yeah. someone come on, you know, and she breastfed so she can help with like pumping tips and mm-hmm. mood tips and all the things. So it's going to be great. And then I've also got a friend coming on to talk about like a NICU experience mm. postpartum when you have a baby in the NICU. So things are planned and then hopefully jesse is back because i freaking miss having her i'm like so happy to have you here because i have been sitting here staring at the camera talking all by myself that's lonely it is so awkward it's not as fun it is not fun i mean it's still fun i'm still i was answering questions so it kind of felt like a conversation but nowhere near as fun as like actually having a human here yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right you guys we'll see you next i'll see you next week Thank you for listening. And remember that you were chosen to be the mother of your children. And you are exactly where you need to be. See See you next week. week.